welcome to episode 25 of What the Chow, your friendly neighborhood non-misogynistic hockey podcast. We are your hostesses. I'm Natalia. And I'm Haley. And this is our last episode of the regular season, which is so sad. We've had so much fun creating and recording every single episode of season one, and we hope that you have loved listening to them as well. And this definitely won't be the last you hear of us before hockey season kicks off again, but we're going to take a little summer break to prep for our second season so that we can make sure it's our best one yet. And we'll be popping in occasionally with an interview or two, but our weekly episodes will be coming back right before the NHL preseason begins. And you can also always keep up with us on our social media at WhatTheChillPod. We'll be posting over there throughout summertime and keeping you in the loop about what we're getting up to in the offseason. And you know, we had to wrap up our first season with a bang, so we've got a pretty fun episode lined up for you guys today. We're going to go ahead and knock out the news right off the bat so we can start getting into it. Um, Starting off with our NHL news, we've got quite a few signings and trades. Jesper Bratt was signed to an eight-year deal with the New Jersey Devils. Samuel Bullduke was signed to a two-year contract with the New York Islanders. And Sean Monaghan was signed to a one-year extension with the Montreal Canadiens. And the Dallas Stars have traded Frederick Olafson to the Avalanche for future considerations. So basically nothing. Basically a bag of chips, maybe a bag of pucks. <laughs> we'll let you know later. It's an IOU. Oh, <laughs> Moving on, the Hockey Hall of Fame class of 2023 was announced recently, and that includes Henrik Lundqvist, Tom Barrasso, Mike Vernon, Caroline Wallet, Pierre Turgeon, Ken Hitchcock, and Pierre Lacroix. Wallet, ooh la la. Very fancy. We're going to talk about her a bit later in our Women of the Week segment. Spoiler alert. (laughs) (laughs) And we've officially reached the point in the offseason when the teams that competed in the Stanley Cup playoffs released their injury report, which is basically a long-ass record that lists out every broken bone, (laughs) torn muscle, dislocated limb, whatever, what have you, that each player sustained and played through during the playoffs. And to nobody's surprise, it is quite the doozy. (laughs) Um, we couldn't possibly comment on every single one of them, and we're pretty sure that there's a good handful of them that are still undisclosed, but here are some honorable mentions. Haley, take it away. (laughs) Um, Mark Stone of the Golden Knights is, quote, seriously injured and could be in and out of the lineup for the rest of his career. Um, those injuries are undisclosed as far as we could find, but, um, clearly they're pretty bad. Hope the cup was worth it. Yeah, I think it probably was. If you ask him. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, Injuries absolutely tore the Panthers apart, um, starting with Matthew Kachuk, who played games three and four of the final with a broken sternum, Um, not to mention the fact that he had to get his brother's help to get out of bed after a pregame nap, and he had to have his teammates get his gear on and tie his skates because he couldn't do that himself. Great. The list continues with Brandon Montour, who will be out for at least three months because he played through a torn labrum, which will require surgery to mend. Then there's Radko Gudis, who played through all five games of the final with an ankle sprain that would have normally kept him out for six weeks. And last but not least, there's Aaron Ekblad, who might have the longest injury list of all time. Um, He played through a broken foot, which he broke during game one against the Bruins. He also has two shoulder dislocations and an oblique tear, so needless to say, he's scheduled to miss the start of training camp. I just, okay, we need to talk about this for a second. Yeah. Because why is this normalized, and especially, like, why is it praised? 
Like genuinely, I just don't understand why players feel the need to continue to play through intense pain and possibly make their injuries worse. Like this should not be the expectation. No. They're just, they're asking for a lifetime of problems for a few games. And like, don't get me wrong. I understand that playoffs are a big deal. Like I totally get it. But I don't think it's worth being stupid and potentially making injuries worse or adding more injuries on top of things. Honestly, though, like I'm all for the dedication, like you said, and it's I think it's really honorable that these athletes are so passionate about the sport that they're willing to put their bodies on the line to contribute to the cause. But like, let's not be dumb, you know, like if you can't get out of bed and get yourself dressed, maybe you shouldn't be strapping on your skates and, like, heading out to play one of the most aggressive contact sports ever played. Like, maybe just a thought. I don't know. What do I know? <laughs> and it's it's not just a hockey thing either. Like, yeah, um, so many football players play through injuries, and it's just, like, like, why go out and get tackled over and over and risk your injury getting worse? Like, we've seen some horrible effects of this, too. Like, last season... There was a player who was, like, falling over on the field because he was playing through a concussion. Like, he couldn't stand upright. And it's just, like, please be smarter than that. Athletes aren't dumb people. No, definitely not. And I know the argument is always that it's, like, the player's body, so they should be the ones to make the choice. But I feel like the pressure to play through an injury like that is so high because everyone else is doing it. Like, Mm-hmm. If five of your teammates are also playing through something, like, I can see how you'd make the decision to do so as well. Because like then you're pressure. Aware. Yeah, exactly. I think unintentionally so, but yeah, there's got to be some pressure there to do that. I do think that the conversation around playing through injuries is changing, though. Like, this season I was seeing on hockey Twitter, like, so many people talking about how bad this is and how it shouldn't be normal. So, like, hopefully as the players and the fan base are getting younger and bringing in different views, like, hopefully things will start to change. Yeah, I mean, I think the the league is really progressive, so when people yeah. are bringing up conversations like this, things will start to change. Um, and as I said, like, I love the commitment. I hope that the drive to win the Cup doesn't go away because that's what makes the playoffs so damn fun to watch every year. But now that it's gotten to the point where it's, like, almost expected for players to endure these injuries, that could have, honestly, a really detrimental impact on not only their hockey career, but also their physical health for literally the rest of their life. Yeah. Um, It just shouldn't be normalized, and then much less expected and glorified. Yeah. I mean, personally, like, I think I would rather see a healthy team play maybe with some other guys in the lines or some call up some AHL players yeah then then see a standout player quite literally risk it all yeah I totally feel the same way I mean sub out the player that's injured for a few games let them recoup see if that makes a difference because they might heal faster if they're not in the lineup withstanding these injuries you know um like sure it's going to change the intensity of the game Um, but if it means that I can watch my favorite players play a longer career, then I'm all for it. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. It's just not worth it. No, I, well said, it's not worth it. Thank you. (laughs) Um, okay. Despite all of these injuries and all (laughs) the stuff that's going on, one thing is for sure about Vegas and the Golden Knights Ain't nothing gonna stop them from partying and partying hard. Oh, so true. (laughs) (laughs) 
And even though they definitely did not need an excuse to party, now they've got the Stanley Cup, uh, so they have one more reason to celebrate. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I mentioned on last week's episode that I'd be in Vegas this past weekend, and while I'd like to say that what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, um, nothing really happened. (laughs) Like, I didn't see anything interesting. I didn't partake in any wild celebrations, and honestly, I really just took it easy. But I will say that from what I can tell, the Vegas Golden Knights fan base is so passionate. And that was really, really fun to see. Um, That's awesome. I could not go anywhere without seeing hats and jerseys and shirts and even flags used as, like, makeshift capes. Um, Oh, that's fun. (laughs) Yeah. They were going all out. And then, like, not to mention the fact that they were literally on, like, every single electronic billboard that I passed by everywhere I went. Um, I even found this really cool newspaper that had like 80 pages of photos and stories from the night they won. So needless to say, they go hard. That's awesome. It was really, really cool. I love when cities are so passionate about their sports teams. Yeah, me too. I mean, I was talking to my mom about it because I was like, well, why don't we have like any of these collectibles back from when the Ducks won the cup? And she Mm -hmm. was like, yeah, we didn't have those. Like, we got oh. one page in the sports section of the newspaper, and that was it. <laughs> so lame. Agreed. <laughs> Vegas really has done the most, um, including at their big celebration rally and parade. Um, they had a super sick drone show at their celebration rally, oh, which so I've sick. I've never seen something like this before. I'm not sure how it works. I'm sure it's some kind of programming or something that I'll never understand. Um, (laughs) But basically, the drones would um, light up in various colors, and then they'd go dark, and when they lit up again, they were in different shapes, like the Stanley Cup, the Vegas Golden Knights logo. One thing they formed is the Realm is United, and it was really cool to watch videos of, so I bet it was even cooler in person. Like I would have loved to see that. Yeah, a really cool thing. It was almost like a less loud, cooler version of fireworks. <laughs> I vote for that. I'm not a big fan of fireworks and oh, the either. noises that they produce. So <laughs> I'm all for the drone show. <laughs> um, speaking of the rally slash parade, whatever you want to call it, we absolutely have to talk about William Carlson. Oh, man. Um, because I laughed so hard watching his speech at the rally. Um, I guess they don't call him Wild Bill for nothing because... <laughs> Between falling over as he was walking out and referring to himself as this guy (laughs) multiple times, um, and also talking about how he got, like, no points in the game, um, it was definitely a speech to be remembered. Yeah, many, many quotable things, including the quote that Matt and I now say all the time when he was talking about the fans, and he, I'm not gonna quote it word for word because we're trying to keep it a little family friendly here um but when he was like you guys have been here since day effing one <laughs> oh my goodness between his so accent funny. and like mm-hmm. him being in his drunken stupor he just really shot it out of the water <laughs> <laughs> it was so good he's so never good. gonna live that down no it's gonna follow him around like ovi's we're not going to be effing suck this year. Like I haven't seen that. Oh, we're going to watch it after we finish. Sounds good. <laughs> that sounds like something I've missed out on. It's incredible. It was just absolutely legendary. Honestly, it was so funny. I love that. <laughs> and then 
perhaps the most wholesome moment, because you know we love a wholesome moment, yes, that came do. out of Vegas's celebrations was the photo of the Golden Knights hugging after they won the cup. It was kind of an overhead shot if you haven't seen it. And they accidentally hugged in the shape of a heart. All of them made a cute little heart. And Jonathan Marcheseau was kind of looking up toward the camera and just like the biggest smile on his face. And it just made me so happy. It was just like the essence of joy. That is a shot that they should quite frankly hang in the Louvre. Because yeah, it honestly. is beautiful. <laughs> I, I, I'm not even a, a Vegas fan, but if I was, I feel like I'd want it in like a lithograph, like a big oh, yeah. print on the wall. Oh, Fanatics, incredible. get on it. Start selling them. <laughs> Thank us later. Okay. In um, some other league news before we wrap up our news segment, we've got a few odds and ends from various leagues that we thought would be interesting to share. Um, first off, we promised that we would update you guys on who the other um, IHF player of the year was it's Connor Bedard to nobody's surprise oh um, who would have thought <laughs> after his record-breaking world juniors run um will we see him go first overall next week at the NHL entry draft probably but we're kind <laughs> of crossing our fingers and praying that the Blackhawks hit us with like the biggest plot twist in the entire century um and we get to see him in an Anaheim Ducks jersey <laughs> that would be something hockey I'll gods <laughs> help me out one last time Um, In some WHL news, the Winnipeg Ice has been sold and is relocating to Wenatchee, Washington, which is a very fun name. Um, And then Calder Cup. Calder Cup has finally finished, and the Hershey Bears won the Calder Cup. Let's go, Bears. So excited. Um, They won Game 7, 3-2 in overtime against the Coachella Valley Firebirds. And I do have to give props to the Firebirds. Their goalie is incredible. He was making some wild saves. Um, And their fans go hard. Like, the arena was packed, and they were all in their colors or their, like, Phoenix onesies. And they all had signs. (laughs) And, like, they went all out. Um, But... Let's go Bears. That's the future of the Capitals right there. They really said, Peter Laviolette, we're going to prove you wrong. (laughs) And all the young guys won the Calder Cup. So very, very happy Capitals slash Bears fan this morning. I don't have much to add here, but I feel like the Phoenix onesies might beat out the capes um, that the Vegas Golden Knights fans had. I'm here for it. I thought it was so fun and so cool. I was like, sick. Do I need to get like a Ducks onesie for next season? Is this a thing? (gasps) Yes. That would if you be guys so see cute. me in a Ducks onesie next season, you know why. <laughs> oh my goodness. Alrighty, that about wraps up our news for this week. Um, we're going to go ahead and dive right into our rambly topic. Um, we thought that it would be fun to give our own little WTC awards for the season and assign superlative to the various players in the league, kind of like we did in our high school yearbook. Um, this has quite literally been an idea that we've been sitting on since before the podcast even existed, so we are so excited to dive in. Yeah. We came up with 10 different superlatives and a couple of contenders for each one, so we'll be discussing and choosing our ultimate winner for each category as we go through, and if that really didn't make sense to you because we couldn't quite figure out how to word it, you'll figure it out as we go through. (laughs) You're smart. We believe in you. You've got this. (laughs) All right, our first superlative is dynamic duo slash best bromance. And um, I'm putting on the table Linus Allmark and Jeremy Swayman 
because how can I not? I mean, those goalie hugs are just the sweetest, the best. They're an incredible goalie tandem. And there's this one video of them and um, Olmar kind of skates over to the bench and he's like, Sway, Sway, you're on, like you're in. And, and Sway goes, okay, love you. And Linus Aww. goes, love you. It's so cute. They're just like, oh, they're just so like wholesome. And not only are they a good duo as far as playing, they're just a really like sweet friendship off the ice too. You drive a hard bargain, <laughs> especially because the bestie duo that I'm bringing to the table has been forced to split up this season. Oh, heartbreaking. Um, I'm sure some of you guys already know who I'm going to pick because I'm never getting over this, but it's Matt Barzell and Anthony Bavillier. Um, shocked. I know. Super shocked. <laughs> um, they're always going to be my Isles bestie squad. I'm sorry. Aww. Um, most of you guys know they've been together from the start, and the fact that they continue to support each other even though they're no longer teammates is just so precious to me. Um I remember one specific instance back when Bo got traded and they asked him about what it was like to play with Matt for so long and he said something like, it's been a hell of a ride with him and he's going to stay one of my best friends forever. Aww. Um, I'll spare you guys all of my justification because I know we quite literally had a whole episode on this topic, but needless to say, their friendship is the cutest thing ever and I miss them with my whole entire heart. Aww. So... See, I want to say that yours is the winner because just, like, sappy, emotional, I feel like they deserve it. Like, (laughs) your duo's not together anymore. I know! (laughs) I think for that reason and for that reason only, we have to give it to Olmark and Swayman. All right, Olmark and Swayman, you have won the Dynamic Duo Award. Congrats. I'm sure they're so stoked about it. They're so excited. (laughs) Our second superlative is the golden retriever of the league. And if you've listened to any of our episodes, you know exactly what that means. It's basically a player who is very bouncy, happy, bubbly, just has the personality of a very excited golden retriever. (laughs) And my candidate for golden retriever of the league is Mitch Marner. Ooh, good pick. Um... He is a very smiley, bubbly boy. He always seems happy and excited to be there. He just seems excited to be an NHL player. And there's a video of him where he's doing warm-ups and he's, like, skating circles on the ice like a figure skater. And, like, (laughs) he just always looks like he's having the most fun ever. And so that is why I think he's just a golden retriever. He's just excited to be there. I feel like we could have been best friends if I hadn't walked by him on the street that one day. Really missed out. (laughs) Truly. Could have had my own best friend that was a golden retriever in the NHL. Um, Okay, for me, I think it has to be Troy Terry, solely because I feel like if there was a definition of a golden retriever player in the dictionary, it'd say something like just a guy who's so beyond happy to be there. And Troy Terry is quite literally the epitome of that statement. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Um. And then, like, he was already just, like, a such a sweet and smiley dude, and then this season, his wife had a baby, and now he just, like, radiates happy energy all the time. Like, my dude is so stoked to be a hockey player and a dad all at once that you can just see it on his face 24-7. Oh, so cute. Plus, on top of it, 
he's just so beyond humble. Like, when he got chosen mm-hmm. for the All-Star game this season, he just seemed, like, so surprised and honored that anybody picked him. Like, dude, you're one of the best players on the Ducks. This should not be a surprise <laughs> to you. Aw, I, I love Troy. I love him. He has my whole heart, genuinely. I feel like he has to be our winner. Okay. Troy Terry, you heard it here first, bud. You're the golden retriever of the league. (laughs) (laughs) And he has the blonde hair, too. Exactly. He is a puppy. Absolutely. He's giving Daisy a run for her money. Oh, Daisy. (laughs) I can't wait to see her again next season. I miss her. She's going to be so big. I know. Aw. Aw. Okay. Kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum, (laughs) our um, third superlative award is Best Pest which is fun because it rhymes. Um, and we, we've been talking about pests lately. And we're talking about here the good kind of pest. The kind that kind of annoys you, stirs the pot a little bit, but you don't hate them. They're just, no. It's just who they are. Not like an instigator. Like there's a stark difference here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you want to go ahead and give yours first, Nat? Sure. Um, I feel like mine has to be Matthew Kachuk because I know I mentioned him last week. Um, as we all know, he's a very feisty dude, and he takes a lot of silly penalties, including a bunch of 10-minute misconduct penalties. Um, I think within the first two games of the playoffs, he had already received, like, three different misconduct penalties, so (laughs) that's a little bit of an understatement. I think by the end of the playoffs, he ended up with, like, a total of 50 penalty minutes, which means that he now has the second most playoff penalty minutes of all time. Of all time? Of all time. 50 minutes? That's like two periods worth of I'm pretty sure that the person who's in first place was like playing in 1977 or something wild like that. So. Oh my gosh. Wow. Okay, Matthew Kuchuk, well, the pest of all pests. I feel like I can't even bring mine to the table in comparison <laughs> to that. Mine is Trevor Zegris. Oh, he's a pest. <laughs> um, He's just like a feisty boy that like stirs the pot but then he skates away and lets his teammates do the fighting for him like they do not let him fight for some reason well i know the reason yeah we know the reason he would be knocked unconscious in five seconds he'd be swatted Um, around like a little fly (laughs) he even got benched for a period one game this past season due to being a pest and continually taking stupid penalties and mouthing off all the time so i mean he's pretty pretty pesty but like Pesty. <laughs> that is my new favorite word. He's pretty pesty. I think Matthew Kachuk has him beat. Yeah, I mean, Trevor Zegers is my favorite little gremlin, but I think <clears throat> Matthew Kachuk has to come out on top here. Yeah. All right, Matthew Kachuk, you are the best pest in the NHL. The pesty. <laughs> the pesty. <laughs> is that not what you just said? Yeah. Yeah. It is. But it could also be like, I feel like his brother's kind of a pest too. So I feel like they can, instead of besties, they could be pesties. Oh, okay. Oh, wait, <laughs> is, is pesty an adjective or a noun? Both. Love that. You can be pesty, but you can also be pesties with someone. He's a pesty pesty? Yeah. Love that. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew Kachak, you're the pesty pesty. Oh my goodness. This is such a silly episode, guys. It is. Wrapping it up with a bang. Yeah, of course. Um, Okay, our fourth superlative is best accent. There's obviously a lot of 
foreign-born players in the league that are really just trying their best to speak English, (laughs) and we love it so much. Um, So my candidate for best accent is David Pasternak. Oh, that's such a good one. (laughs) I think the Czech accent is a lot of fun to listen to, and he always just has so much personality in his media and interviews and things, Um, and I feel like the accent just kind of adds to that. And the the interview that always, always comes to mind for me with Pasta is the Barbie Girl interview. Oh, yeah. Oh, like, that's just the best one. It's so funny, and it wouldn't be as funny if an American or a Canadian player with a standard English accent was talking about listening to Barbie Girl. But because <laughs> it's this guy with a Czech accent, I don't. it just makes it even funnier than it already is. My favorite pasta moment was there was once where Shannon Hogan was like interviewing him and she was talking to him, but for whatever reason, like the Zamboni cut in between where the cameraman and where pasta was. And he just looked so done because he had to like wait for the Zamboni to pass through. (laughs) It was so funny. I love pasta so much. Definitely the king of interviews. Yeah. Um, Mine is Ilya Sorokin. Oh, he has a thick accent. Oh, yeah. And, like, Russian accents are always the best, so I probably Mm -hmm. could have picked any Russian-born player for this one. Um, But I'm just not sure if I've seen anybody try as hard as he does. Aww. (laughs) Um, It just always ends up coming out so broken, and it's, like, it's the most adorable thing. Um, There's this one interview that literally always comes to mind when I think about Elias Rogan, and they asked him what it was like living in New York, and he basically described the fact that he actually, like, lives on Long Island, and that life is much slower there. Um, and I think he said something like, someone will think this is boring, but I didn't have much fun in Moscow either. (laughs) (laughs) That is so so cute. Oh my gosh. I love that. I love him so much. He just tries so hard. (laughs) That's like one of my favorite things. I love people who English is their second language trying to speak English. Oh, same. Like, it's so cute every time. And there's such a good chunk of them in the NHL, too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Okay, so who are we going with? Oh, goodness. I feel like we have to go with Sorokin simply because he tries so hard. Okay, Sorokin it is. You've got the best accent, bud. I love it. Oh, I love Sorokin. I feel like that would make him so happy. I wish he knew. I know. Can we tweet him or something yeah we'll tweet him (laughs) (laughs) all right our fifth superlative is best flow who has the best hair in the league um i am bringing to the table none other than our king our dj mika (laughs) zabanajad (laughs) oh my Um, goodness i mean duh like just look at him he has these long luscious silky black locks like that's all I have to say. Just look at him. That's that's my <laughs> candidate. I feel like Panarin could have been in the running if he hadn't taken a razor to his head. Yeah, he. I'm actually so bummed because I think I would have given him the award hands down. We're all here for curly hair. Oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> the New York Rangers, kings of flow. Yeah. Um, right. Okay, listen. I respect DJ Zabed and Jad's flow. <laughs> and I'm gonna go with a little bit of an unconventional pick here. Okay. But Bowie has the flow. Bowie? Bowie has the flow, and he has the flow in blue. So he gets extra points for that. 
I'm rolling my eyes so hard right I know. now. <laughs> I know. Bowie? I would never give Bowie an award unless he deserved it. And I have to give credit where credit's due. My dude has gorgeous locks. My troll has gorgeous locks. <laughs> After we went on and on about how creepy he is and how much we hate him in our mascot episode, you're going to vote him for best flow. He's got good hair. But he's still scary. Fine. Mika Zibanejad, you have the best flow. Amazing. I think if I was Mika Zibanejad and I learned that I had lost to a troll mascot, <laughs> my confidence would be shot. Okay, I mean, to be fair, Mika's hair is real. Yes, true. Bowie's is not. So. <laughs> we'll go with Mika. You're funny. You're very funny. Thanks. <laughs> I try. All right. Moving on, our sixth superlative is Best Selly. We love a good Selly. And yes, there have been do. some good ones this season. This was kind of hard to decide, honestly. Um, but I'm going to go with not an NHL player. Oh, um, okay. But I'm going to go with Sarah Nurse during oh, she the All-Star wins. game. She wins. Sarah <laughs> Nurse wins everything. I don't even need to make my case. Nope. <laughs> I will no, share but... mine, but Sarah Nurse wins. Specifically, Sarah Nurse, during the All-Star game, that absolutely sassy Selly after she scored the goal and kind of held her hand up and giggled. She was basically like, oops, I'm a really good hockey player. Ha ha ha. Like, <laughs> she's just so iconic. She is. We love her so much on this podcast, don't we? We do. We haven't talked about her in a while. It's been too long. She ha- she's been, it's their, it's been their off season for a while, so she just hasn't been doing a whole lot. She's been out there looking like a queen in Montreal at F1. Yes. <laughs> As she should be. Yeah. We wouldn't expect anything less from her. Okay. <laughs> Even though he's going to lose, mine is Brandon Tanev. Oh, okay. Him, like, blowing a kiss to a rival fan in the playoffs has to be one of the most iconic sellies this season, if not all time, so... I don't know what compelled him to do that, but it was just so hilarious, and I love it. Honestly, this is a tough decision, because I loved that one so much. It was one of our one of our top five moments of round one. It was. In that episode. Probably if we had done a top five moments, top ten, did we do top ten? We did top five. Top five. It would probably be one of my top five of the entire playoffs. Oh, I think so, too. Can we just pick Sarah Nurse as, like, our queen of the season and then give Brandon Tanev our best Selly award? Perfect. Amazing. Love it. <laughs> Glad we're on the same page. <laughs> I'm sure they're both very stoked about it. Oh, yeah. Sarah is out there partying it up right now. Finding out she she's is. the WTC queen of the season. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> she's the WTC queen of, like, every season. True. And we haven't even created those yet. Okay, anyways, I digress. <laughs> All right, our number seven superlative is most likely to start a fight. Really don't need to give a blurb about that. You know what it means. Do you want to <laughs> give us your pick, Nat? Oh, gosh. I feel like it has to be Jordan Bennington. <gasps> That's my pick, too. <laughs> because he deserves it. <laughs> he is so most likely to start a fight. 
Okay, so what my like case for Jordan Bennington, if I had had to argue it, I mean, he's our clear winner. I definitely, um, I didn't even write down a case. <laughs> <laughs> you were like, that's it? That's Just, it? That's all you get? He is. Nobody's um, going to disagree with me. No, absolutely not. But nonetheless, my case was if you can get Mark andre Fleury to oh, want yeah. to fight, like you're an instigator. You're ready to start a fight. Like the, the man's nickname is quite literally Flower. like he's the most like delicate wholesome man in the league like you know you messed up if he's ready to go at it agreed 100 percent. i've never seen that man stop smiling (laughs) right he would have been fighting bennington with a smile on his face (laughs) oh that would have been so funny i'm like honestly so sad that the league doesn't really let goalies fight I will never, ever, ever forgive them for not letting John Gibson fight Phoenix Copley in that game that I went to. That would have been so... He was so ready, too. He was, like, smacking his stick against the ice. Like, my dude was ready to go. He was about to throw down. We were robbed. Truly. Jordan Bennington, you're most likely to fight. (laughs) And you know it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. All right, our next superlative, number eight, is the most underrated player in the league. Um, my underrated player is going to be Kyle Connor. Great pick. Yeah, this was a hard one. Um, but Kyle Connor has had 80 points in 82 games played in the regular season and four points in the playoffs. He's just like such a solid, reliable winger. Like, he never lets you down. And he made it to the All-Star game this year. Mm-hmm. And I think nobody talks about him because he's on the Jets. Like, I feel like, like, no oh, offense. Winnipeg. No offense to Jets fans. I know we have some that listen. But, like, I think that's the reason why he doesn't get talked about as much. I feel like if you put him on, like, the Bruins or something, he'd be the talk yeah. of the league. Like, he's phenomenal. He's just kind of not in the spotlight. He just kind of hangs out in the shadows. It was honestly so nice to see him get some recognition by going and getting, like, the all-star nod. Yeah, I think so, too. For sure. That's a great pick. I feel like it's going to be hard to beat. But um, for me, I picked Miko Rantanen. Oh, okay. Okay, that's a good one. Yeah, I feel like he's just one of those players who has, like, an outstanding season year after year, but just really never gets talked about. Um, And I'm sure it's because of the fact that there's just so many amazing players on the Avalanche, but he's really, really solid. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He had 105 points in 82 games played and 10 points in seven games of the playoffs this season. Um, All I'm saying is that I think it's time we start recognizing him and the fact that he's easily one of the best wingers in the league. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I definitely think it's because he kind of gets overshadowed by some of those other big names. But I mean, he's, he's phenomenal. He's so good. Yeah, he really, really is. I, I'd say let's go with him. You think so? I do, simply because he did have more points. Okay, we'll go based on points. But I do yeah. think Kyle Connor is a player to watch for sure. Oh, yeah, definitely. Keep, but, an, keep an eye out for him in your fantasy drafts next year, people. You heard it here first. Oh, yes. Oh, I'm so excited to play fantasy next season. Yeah, I'm excited too. I came in second this year for anybody who was wondering. Oh, look at you go. Impressive. Second two years in a row. Next year, oh. I'm coming for that first place. <laughs> you got it. You got it. 
Okay, Miko Rantanen, you are WTC's most underrated player. Woo! Amazing. <laughs> Break out the confetti. All right, our ninth superlative is the WTC MVP, um, aka the best all-around player on the ice, off the ice, personality, just a guy that really just is all-around phenomenal. Love that. Um, I say love that, like, we didn't come up with that together. I know. Like, love that category that I came up with. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Um, Sure, I'll go first. Um, For me, it's got to be Sidney Crosby. Okay. Um, Okay. I can't say that I really watch the Penguins play very often, so I'm really not sure why I love Sidney Crosby as much as I do, but I just have the biggest soft spot for him. Um, Obviously, he's a fantastic player. He got 93 points in 82 games played this year, and he's 35, so he's solid. Definitely. Um, But he's also just such a good guy off the ice. Like, first and foremost, he's so sweet and wholesome with kids. I've seen so many videos of him interacting with them, and he's just so gracious and sweet and kind with them. Mm -hmm. Um, You'd honestly have no clue that he was such a great player because there's just no ego there whatsoever. Um, But he's also just done, like, a ton of charity work, including donating to various Pittsburgh food banks, donating equipment to players in need, um, he's also made several contributions to char- charitable ch- children's organizations in his home of Nova Scotia. So he's a good dude all around. De- definitely a WTC MVP candidate in my mind. You make a very good case. <laughs> I had my whole speech ready. I don't know if I can beat that, honestly, with no? my pick. My pick is a good guy, and we actually talked about him a couple superlatives ago. Um, I'm going to go with Marc-Andre Fleury. Oh, I love him. He's just, ugh. I mean, he had a 24-16-4 record during the regular season and a .908 save percentage, which is pretty, pretty solid, pretty reliable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and he's just literally the most wholesome ever. Like, what other player would thank the goalposts in English and French because <laughs> he doesn't know where they come from? Like, that's just so precious and so wholesome. Um, and he has done some charity. He's previously been nominated for the King Clancy Award, and he's just an all-around good guy and a girl dad, which brings all of the positive happy vibes. But I don't think he can compete with that laundry list of things you gave for (laughs) Sidney Crosby. (laughs) I don't know, man. I love Flurry. Oh, it's a tough one. It's a toss-up. I feel like simply I work in education I've been an educator my whole career and so I love kids I love working with kids and so I feel like the the being good with kids and being so like gracious and I've seen those videos too where it's just the cutest interactions like I feel like that like sets Crosby on top for me Sydney Crosby gets WTC MVP solely because of the kid who went hi Sydney Crosby oh that video is so cute he's not so sweet to him like I saw you on TV last night (laughs) Oh, you did. (laughs) So cute. I thought that was past your bedtime. (laughs) We'll have to pop that one up on our stories. We will, for sure. It's so precious. All right, Sydney Crosby, WTC MVP of the year. I feel like Marc-Andre Fleury was a very, very close second, though. Yeah, that was really a toss-up. Agreed. (laughs) Okay, our Our last final superlative... Um, is best WTC moment. 
So, so far. We, so far. We're hoping we have... Not, we're not hoping. We know. We do. We're going to have many more incredible, amazing moments with this podcast. We've had so many awesome ones already. So, okay. Ooh, I like couldn't choose. It's hard. <laughs> so many. I think I'm going to go with going to the PWHPA finals and meeting Sarah Nurse. Is that yours too? Because you're That's smiling. Mine too. That's mine too. That was an incredible moment. I'll like, be cheesy and uh, I'll say that that entire trip was filled with a million best WTC moments. Oh, absolutely. It was very, very lovely to meet you in yeah. person. Finally getting to hang out in person and do all the hockey things and all the Orange County things and the best so much WTC fun. moment was me leaving our Chick fil A behind. <laughs> oh no. No, it Let's was definitely meeting again. definitely meeting Sarah Nurse. So like I think that's at, number one. As much as we talked about her before we met her and how much we continue to talk about her after, I feel like that can't be our number one moment. It like, can't it, be? It, it, sorry, it can't not be our number one moment. I was like, what? <laughs> no, that was just such an incredible day. And like, honestly, getting to see all of the players at the PWHPA yeah. and seeing it bring in so many girls who just love the game. Like, I think that that was just a really cool moment yeah. for us, especially running the podcast that we run. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, that moment tops tops it for sure. It was very special. And we met a handful of players at the autograph table, and they were all so nice. And the girl sitting next to Sarah was, like, interested in our podcast. and Yeah. And it was so, so, so cool. And getting to see, like you said, those young female players, the Lady Ducks, getting yeah. to get so excited. It was... It was, that was just a really, really good day. Yeah, I agree. So, Aww. Only up from here. Definitely. So special. All right. That's our WTC awards for 2023. We hope to keep doing this at the end of every season because it was a lot of fun to come up with. Yeah, it was. Maybe we'll create a little graphic and like throw it up on Instagram. But we want to know who your superlatives are too. Tell us yeah. who you guys would pick. Tell us if you yeah. agree. Tell us if you disagree. Tell us if you think I'm right in saying that Bowie has good flow. Oh, my goodness. We'll get somebody. <laughs> our our friend Derek will come in the DMs and say, you're so right about Bowie because he loves Bowie. Oh, <laughs> shout out to Derek, our number one fan. <laughs> Honestly. Okay. This is the last time we get to do this this season, but it's time for our favorite segment. Can I ask you a question? <laughs> I've got my uh, cream-colored original Ducks logo hat here. Oh, I like that one. It's cute. We love a good neutral. Okay. feel like it's going to be a good one. Let's hope. Who is an NHL player everyone seems to love, but you don't? Oh, do I have a hot take about this one? Oh, okay. Hit me with it. Oh, man. It's not that I dislike these players i just oh I, multiple yes <laughs> okay i just don't get the hype around them um especially from i know the who you're gonna say hockey tumblr hockey twitter community um it's the hughes brothers okay yeah they're okay. good players don't get me wrong all three of them are phenomenal but i just like don't get the hype around them they don't really have great personalities like they're kind <laughs> of boring <laughs> 
You're going to have all of the hockey girlies coming after you. I know. I said it was a hot take. Okay, listen. Especially Jack kind of gives me Connor McDavid vibes in his interviews. Oh, no. He just doesn't want to be there. And then Quinn always looks so miserable. And I know that... Quinn just needs a hug. I think so, too. Like, the kid... The kid needs... He needs some serotonin, okay? He does. And, like, Luke... I know Luke is young, and he's not really used to all the media and stuff yet. So, like, maybe he'll get there. Great players. Just don't... I don't get the hype. I really don't. Interesting. Quite the take. (laughs) That's my hot take. (laughs) I don't know if I really have one. Like... I guess I can I could pick one that I feel like a lot of people think is attractive and I don't see it. But like I don't know if that's really a question we're being asked here. I mean um why not? I'm kinda curious. <laughs> yeah. I feel like Austin Matthews tends to okay. get okay. a lot of female attention. He and... gets a lot of the Tumblr and Twitter girlies too. Yeah. Or Tyler Sagan. Mm-hmm. He gets a lot of it too. But yeah. I can I see don't that. Know. I don't That's, know. I don't I have like, anything against either of them. I think they're both great yeah. players, but I just don't really understand the whole, like, love and admiration they receive. I mean, kind of the same thing as what I was saying about yeah. the Hughes. Like, it's like, they're good players, but, like, don't get all the hype. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. I want to hear our listeners' takes on this one. I would love to hear what what they think. I'm curious, too. And I, like... I don't know. I feel like there's a good handful of, like, overrated players, but I don't think that this is what it's asking. Yeah, not so. quite. Interesting <laughs> question. Yeah, I like that one. Okay, next one. Okay, not a hockey-related one. The last text you sent is the title of your memoir. What is it? Oh, okay. I gotta look. I gotta look, too. Hold on. <laughs> last text you sent... <laughs> the last text I sent was, are you coming home tomorrow or Saturday? Oh, great. <laughs> great memoir title. Amazing memoir title. If we want to fudge it a little bit, the last text I sent to my dad that might be a good memoir title is, oh, good. I'm glad you liked it. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, mine was, okay, hold. <laughs> what (laughs) um yeah that's that's what i got if we want to flub it a little bit we could do i have no idea but they're stressing me out oh that sounds like your life yeah that's a good memoir title for you i think i think it's very applicable (laughs) that was in relation to um my friend Bree's text she asked why the ducks have not signed um trevor's egress yet oh that's a very valid question yeah they're like not doing anything there are so many ducks that are just oh, hanging gosh. in limbo here, and it's stressing me out. There's I, a I, lot of Ducks fans that are hanging in limbo, too, my friend. Yeah. By the time this episode goes out, the, like, whatever, the free agency deadline or whatever it's called will be passed because it's on yeah. Sunday. So you guys might know what's going on, but right now we know nothing. <laughs> it's stressing us out. Definitely. <laughs> Okay, moving on to our last question of the season. Aww. So sad. I hope it's a good one. I feel like it will be. Okay. Ooh. Okay. Oh. If you were... 
<laughs> if you were stuck on a desert island for seven days, which player would you want to be with you in order to survive? Ooh. Okay. Oh, gosh. <laughs> the, the range of emotions I just had there. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of options. The, but the key, the key here is in order to survive. Okay, so we have to survive, but we only have to survive for a week. Yes. It's not like you have to survive for the rest of your life. So who could keep me alive for a week? <laughs> and, like, I probably do have, like, a little bit of survival knowledge. I grew up, like, camping and being outdoors a lot. I have no hope here. <laughs> so I can help them out a little bit. Oh, gosh. Okay. I think I'm going to go with TJ Oshi. Okay. Simply because, Leaf, good old Leaf, we love Leaf on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Simply because he gives me Boy Scout vibes. And I don't know why. Okay. But I feel like he probably knows how to make a fire. And, like, he grew up in, like, the middle of nowhere. So I feel like he probably has those, like, outdoor skills. Like, he could probably, like, whittle a spear out of a stick and, like, kill us some food. Oh, my lord. And also, like, I feel like... I could get along with him for seven days. I feel like I could, like, not, not, not only survive physically, but survive mentally and emotionally, too. He seems like a lot of fun to hang out with. So I'm going to go with good old TJ Leaf Oshi. That is a great pick. Um, I honestly don't know, but I feel like my survival technique would really be more about who wouldn't get annoyed with me for seven days and, like, <laughs> wouldn't want to drown me by the end of it. Okay, um, fair. Who do we think wouldn't get annoyed with me? It has to be someone who's more annoying than I do, than I am. I, I feel like it needs to be one of our pests. It's gotta be, oh god. <laughs> oh god. Would I survive on an island for seven days with Trevor Zegris? <laughs> Maybe his annoyingness would kind of drown out your annoyingness maybe you'd like cancel each other out can i pick a player that's no longer playing sure why not i'm picking ryan Getzlaff. ah my emotional support bald man okay because you know what he got all those baby ducklings through <laughs> their first couple seasons so Aww. if he can get them through that he can get me through seven days on a deserted island okay I can see it. Yeah, that's who I'm picking. Sorry, Trevor. I love that we both picked, like, dads. Yes. <laughs> we need the dad energy to survive. Absolutely. Dad <laughs> magic. Oh, shout out to our last episode. <laughs> Go listen to it if you haven't already. <laughs> okay, moving on to our Women of the Week segment, a.k.a. Wow. 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 We've got defenseman Amelie Anderson, who is actually the younger sister of Kane's goalie, Freddie Anderson. Um, she signed with the PHF's Buffalo Buttes, and she's actually the first Danish player in league history. And she previously played NCAA Division I hockey with the Maine Black Bears and has represented Denmark in both the IIHF and the 2022 Olympics. Love that. Yeah. I'm excited to see her play. Me too. Um, our second woman of the week, as we mentioned earlier... Uh, Caroline Wallet was inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame this year. She has a long list of accolades. Um, she is a four-time Olympic gold medalist, 12-time IIHF Women's World Champion medalist, 
eight-time Four Nations Cup gold medalist, and two-time CWHL MVP. So needless to say, her induction into the Hall of Fame is well-deserved. I was going to say, it sounds <laughs> like she deserved that one. For sure. Okay, moving on to our hockey history for the week. We are recording this on June 22nd. And on this day in 1938, the Montreal Maroons withdrew from the league and would officially fold two months later. That brought the league down to seven teams, and it wasn't until the New York Americans left the league in 1942 that the original six began. So the original six wasn't even original. Guess not. Huh. Fun. Fun. <laughs> All right, we are continuing with our Pride Month segment, and our Pride Month spotlight um, feature is Lindsay Ember. She is a trans woman and current in-house organist for the Anaheim Ducks, among many other accolades. Uh, Lindsay has worked as the Ducks organist since the 2015 season and previously worked with the LA Dodgers in security statistics, as well as filled in as their organist on and off. Um, she is also a part-time referee and umpire and created a website called Close Call Sports that tracks MLB umpire ejections, explains rules, and analyzes controversial calls. Um, clearly, she is deeply involved in not just hockey, but the sports world as a whole. Um, Lindsay also helped design the 2023 Ducks Pride Night warm-up jerseys. So she's just a really phenomenal woman. She's so, so cool. We absolutely love her. And one cool thing for my Ducks fans to look out for next season is she actually tailors each little like flourish she plays after um, the Ducks score a goal. So she has one literally for every single different player. So Whoa, that's so I cool. never noticed that, but I'm really excited to keep an ear out for it next season. Yeah, I have to pay attention to that. That's so fun. Yeah, so you guys can go ahead and learn a little bit more about Lindsay when we post about her in our Instagram later this week. So make sure you go and check it out. At what the chill pod. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and moving on to our last three stars leaderboard of the season, our number three star is P.K. Subban. Um, in 2015, P.K. Subban announced that he and his foundation were going to raise $10 million for the Montreal Children's Hospital and promised that he would be back for many more surprise visits. And he just did that last week. Um, he stopped by the hospital during his trip to Montreal to visit with children and their families. Um, so far, PK support has helped improve the lives of more than 9,000 families each year, um, which is obviously a huge impact on some of the most deserving people. So, oh, I love that. to him. He's growing on me. Yeah? Yeah. When I first started seeing him on broadcasts and stuff, I was kind of just like, he's a little extra. I don't know if I'm the biggest fan, but the more I see him and the more I learn about him, I'm kind of like, oh, I kind of like love you. Him. You're cool. I think he's a great dude. He is for sure. I feel like every hockey player and their mother was in Montreal for the F1. Like, oh, yeah. There's so many players there. Which is kind of cool. We love a crossover moment. Yeah. Really I don't know a dang cool. thing about F1, but couldn't tell you. Good the, for them. the hockey to golf and hockey to F1 pipeline is very interesting to me. The off-season activities are alive and well for <laughs> a lot of these players. Moving on to our number two star, Zach McEwen of the Kings launched an organization in honor of his late father, Craig, called the My Biggest Fan Foundation. 
This organization was launched three years ago, but continues to have an impact on youth in hockey today. Um, McEwen aims to make hockey more accessible by offering scholarships for hockey schools, post-secondary education, and camps. The foundation also provides financial support for hockey registration, tournaments, and equipment for players needing support. We know how expensive the sport is, so it's great to see players contributing financially to grow the game. What a cool way to honor his father. That's really awesome. Very sweet, and I'm sure that that's such a huge help to so many people. Definitely, definitely. Alrighty, our number one star this week, not a player, um, he posted the most wholesome video we've ever seen. His name is <laughs> Zachary Daranowski. I hope I pronounced that right. Um, he located an elderly Vegas Golden Knights fan in public and gifted him and his wife $1,000 cash and two tickets to the Stanley Cup final game, as well as some t-shirts. Um, this sweet old couple got to meet Wayne Gretzky and enjoy watching the Golden Knights hoist the cup, so... It was just very sweet and lovely. It seems like he's a professional nice dude. Like, yeah. this is his job. <laughs> um, so shout out to him for doing a really cool thing for oh, some fans. Oh, it was so sweet. The the little old man in his, he had a like a power wheelchair and he decked it out with like oh, golden knights that. flags. And he was so excited. He was like, did you see who that was? That was Wayne Gretzky. He was like, oh, it was so sweet. I love it. We'll share that one to our stories as well so yes. you guys can see it because it's just too wholesome to miss out on. For sure. Okay, that about wraps up episode 25 and the final episode of season one of What the Chell. We made it. We did. We did it. Thank you guys for sticking around. As we stated earlier, this is our final episode of season one of WTC. Cue the tears. Cue the sad music. But we hope you had as much fun as we did. Make sure to follow us at What the Chell Pod on social media. We'll still be posting some content over there. And we also have a few fun interviews coming up throughout the summer. So we don't want you guys to miss those. Um, we hope you have an incredible summer break. Keep yourself busy during the off season to ward away the no hockey blues. And as always, leave us a rating and review on whatever podcast app you're listening on and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll miss you guys so much, but we can't wait to see you later this summer. Bye! Bye. We We love love you! you.